On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. This is Innovation and Leadership, where we interview Navy SEALs, venture capitalists, pro athletes, best-selling authors, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of high achievers as we can get to come on the show. Today's episode is going to be from our mini-series that we created with Corporate Alliance, asking top CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs who have had very large exits, specifically about their thoughts on leadership and people. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, So totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Dave, thanks for making time. Thank you, Jess. Good to be with you today. So um, congratulations, by the way, on Monday, opening the, uh, the 88th location of uh, your Costa Vida restaurant chain here. For people who, who, aren't, who haven't been to Costa Vida before, can you, can you talk to them about Costa Vida? Hey, I could take our entire show talking to them about Costa Vida. We, uh, I, I was out there for the opening, actually. It's in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Beautiful, uh, beautiful little city there. A city that uh, really there's not a Costa Vida within hundreds of miles of, of this particular store. When we opened the store on Monday morning at 1030 in the morning, there were about 100 people or so in line. And I have the the great job of, uh, of standing right there and welcoming every one of them as they come up to the menu board and just kind of telling them a little bit, giving them a peek behind the curtain to use those words into who Costa Vida is and what we do. Costa Vida, we prepare everything from scratch and, and from my earliest roots in the restaurant business, uh, that's what I was taught. And, and, uh, as we came into Costa Vida, that's exactly what uh, what they were doing at Costa Vida when we became franchisees many years ago. Uh, we we uh, we we take it all. I mean, uh, all the way from the beginning. You're going going to uh, we 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 cook our own meats on a daily basis. We make our own uh, salsas. We make our own sauces. Uh, when you come up to the line, you're going to see those uh, signature tortillas just coming off the grill. Uh, just actually pressed out and and cooked and and made there fresh for you. Um, As you look down our line, 
there's only two items on, on that entire line that even have gluten in them, and that's our wheat tortilla and our flour tortilla. Everything else on that line is gluten-free. But the flavors uh, will change your life. I mean, our, our food is, is tremendous. We, we, we'll put our, our food up against anybody. I'll, I'll, I'll never say uh, we take the easy road because we don't. I mean, we, we go to effort than most are willing to with their food, but it's a difference that you can taste, and it's a difference that you can feel after you eat our food, uh, you, you feel good, you feel rejuvenated, you feel um, uh, ready to go attack the rest of your day. And so Costa Vita, Costa Vita is, a, uh, is a fun business. It's a great business to be involved in. And I truthfully feel really blessed to, to be doing what I do. I feel like it's, uh, it's just a blast every day. You know, thinking about the space, um, why do you think that we had the you know, the Taco Bells for so long before something like this came along and really has, you know, dominated so much? Well, I think people become, um, people have become increasingly more aware, number one, of what they eat. I notice it myself, you know, as I, as I get a little bit older, I, uh, I eat differently. Uh, food affects me more in the way that I feel. I don't eat some of the foods that I used to be able to eat and feel okay. I, I just don't do that anymore. People are, uh, people are more discriminating, I think, with what they are willing to put into their bodies. And, um, so there's, there's still a certain market out there, I think for the, for the fast food. Um, but for, for people who are willing to, um, you know, step up a little bit and, and get a, a much more of an experience, I, I think that, you know, they, Costa Vida makes a whole lot of sense. Sure. And, you know, I want to talk more about, you know, how do you grow an organization like this to get 88 locations? Um, before we do that, though, you know, the theme of the show here, talking about leadership and people, um, before we were going, we were talking about how your father-in-law was really a mentor to you and, and uh, was somebody you learned some leadership skills. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. When I was uh, 21 years old, I went to work for a restaurant in uh, Orem, Utah called Prestwich Farms. And uh, actually went to the, work for the man who would become my father-in-law. I, I didn't know him at the time, but this guy was the type of a guy, very A-type personality. And um, when he walked into the restaurant, um, people kind of started to shake in their boots a little bit. I mean, I literally saw times where you know I'd be in the back kitchen, and and uh, and the prep cook would be back there cutting vegetables or doing whatever he he was doing, and. My father-in-law would grab his 55-gallon bucket and dump it out on the ground and grab that prep cook by the back of the neck and shove his head down there next to the garbage because he was – or next to, to the what he was cutting out of the vegetables and upset because he was cutting too much of the stem of the broccoli into the soup and it wasn't going to taste right or he was just – it was all about doing it perfectly. I mean that when you are going to take the time to prepare food – that you do it perfectly. And he had such a passion uh, for food and doing it right. He, he used to talk a lot about um, you love food so much that you take your shirt off and rub it all over your body, you know, and he absolutely loved food and, and uh, figuratively speaking, would rub it all over his body. I mean, it just oozed out of his pores. And, you know, and I grew up, you know, like a lot of kids growing up. I mean, when I grew up, we didn't eat out a whole lot. I mean, we ate at home mostly and my mom was a great cook, but probably overcooked vegetables like a lot of people did back in those days. And, 
you know, food was just food. And to see somebody who was so passionate and just so driven to to serve the perfect meal and to and to take care of a guest in a perfect way, it really kind of sparked a, a fire inside of me um, uh, that I that I wanted to I wanted to be that same way myself. And so I really appreciated, um, even though they weren't always fun encounters, uh, you know, with with my father-in-law as he came in. I mean, when he came into my restaurants, as, as I became uh, a, a, as a general manager for them, and then ultimately a district manager uh, for them, where I had multiple responsibilities, I did work very hard to to run those stores properly. But you know, food business is always a business that that you can find things wrong, and he would, you know, I mean, he would find those things, and and those were sometimes hard conversations, and 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 I learned a lot through that. I learned ways that I wanted to be as I managed and led people. And also some ways that I didn't want to be, but I I definitely uh, gleaned from him a lot of of wisdom, a lot of uh, ways to think and ways to to lead and manage that that I still use today, uh, many many years later. Well, I just want to know how much working at Costa Vida is like boot camp now. <laughs> well, so let me give you let me give you the other side to this story. So another mentor of mine. And he, he passed away when I was very young, but his imprint was still very much, you know, on me uh, in developing who I was. My, my father-in-law, by contrast to the next person that I'll talk to you about, my father-in-law was executive vice president of KFC at a very young age. I mean, he, when he was 30 years old, this is back in the 60s, uh, he became a multimillionaire as he sold his KFC restaurants that were in Las Vegas and down into Southern California he sold them back to, to KFC corporate and went to work for them and <clears throat> and so was independently wealthy uh, financially and never have to work again at you know in his mid 30s and and really had developed quite an empire this next person that I'll talk to you about happens to be my grandpa and by contrast uh, his place of business was a small little grocery store in Malad, Idaho. Uh, I think that entire thing couldn't have been more than, you know, a thousand or twelve hundred square feet. Uh, completely different than our mega grocery stores that we have today. It was called the Millstream Grocery, and my grandpa, um, his philosophy was different um, from the standpoint of he wasn't so concerned about how many groceries he sold or how he was comping in sales from this year over last year, truthfully, probably didn't even have any idea. What he was concerned about were the people in that town. And and it, it is said, and I remember this as a little boy going into that grocery store, that his office door was always open and that he, um, that people would come and see him on a daily basis. And I remember some of this. I remember walking by that office and see him in there talking to what I thought was just some customer. And I had no idea what he was talking to him about, but that people would come to see him day after day and he would spend time with them and he would counsel them. And then finally, as they worked through whatever problem they were dealing with at the time, then then those visits would thin, you know, but that he, his, 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 his ministry, if you want to use that word, was was um, working with the people in that town and really caring for them. And the groceries were kind of an incidental part, kind of a necessary evil to 
allow him to, to have a platform really to, to be able to help and coach and guide people. So I really, you know, those are two pretty opposite ends of the spectrum guys. Um, but, but both of them really helped me in developing and, and, and my dad, um, you know, this was my dad's dad that I was speaking of. My dad's very much that same type of a person. And so I was kind of raised with that um, deep love and care uh, for others. And, and But then had kind of this other effect from my father-in-law of, of what it really takes to own and operate and build and grow a business in the, the competitive environment and landscape that we uh, find ourselves in today. That's interesting. You know, my, my mom's dad was completely my hero in life and also owned a grocery store in a little farm town in Canada and, uh, completely my hero on how to treat people. That's, that's kind of fun. That's a similar story for uh, you there. Yeah. Very, uh, very similar story. So going back, that was kind of a long answer to a short question that you asked, which was, is, is, is working in a Costa Vida like a boot camp and, and, I sure hope not. Uh, um, we uh, we we do strive very very hard to have uh, great standards and to serve a quality um, product and and to make sure our guests have a great experience. And so we do strive to to do that. But but we uh, we have a lot of fun while we're doing it. I mean, we work very hard to have a culture that uh, inspires people to become their best selves and and um, and and to to be. Um, creative and, and, and optimistic about uh, where things uh, can go and are going. Sure. You know, um, there's a lot of people who have been in the food business and have not had, you know, the positive experience you've had specifically in the restaurant side of things, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of folks that think they've got the idea for the next best chain and, and uh, you know, it's not too many years later and nobody's heard of it anymore, right? Yeah. Um, when you think about the level of success that you guys have had and, and like you said, getting to 88 locations, what's something that you don't think you could have learned any other way than actually doing this? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a real discipline because what you say is true. So I, I can't tell you how many times, and any of us who are in the food business always experience this, that somebody will come and say, wow, I've got, got a great uh, couple of recipes here, you know, um, want to start a restaurant. And, and, and honestly, as sad as it sounds, I'll do my best to talk them out of it because I, I, I don't have many friends who've started restaurants and have been successful with, with them. I think you learn, uh, I mean, the, the restaurant business is such an interesting business because you need to be able to, you really need to be able to, it's such a fast paced moving environment. There's so many moving pieces to it with, with all of the different food that you have in there. It's not like you close up the door like you're locking up an office at night. I mean, that food needs to be cared for properly and, and, and taken care of properly and, and, and created properly in the, in the first place. And then you have the people aspect of this because in our, in our world, uh, most of our employees are high school and, and college age young men and young women. And, and so you have a lot of people that you work with that their first priority in life maybe isn't necessarily their job. And so you have to learn how to inspire and guide and coach and direct um, these tremendous young men and young women. I mean, uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, some people will say we got a, 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 we've, got a, we've got a game changer for a restaurant because we've got great food. Well, 
it's kind of price of entry in the restaurant business that you have great food. You have to have great food because you, you can't even get out of the starting gates without great food. Now, we'll, we'll uh, put ours up against anybody and say that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely tremendous. But, but the differentiator for me um, become your people and how you inspire and guide and, and coach them and help them. We, we, we know that for a lot of the people that uh, are in our employ and that we have the, the blessing of being able to work with, that, that this may not be a career for them. I mean, this may not be something that they're going to do forever, but we have the opportunity to kind of to, to help make an imprint on their lives that will hopefully help make them uh, in the long run better, you know, that they'll, they'll be better sons and daughters and one day better fathers and, and, and mothers and, and, and better brothers and sisters, you know, in their environment because some of, of what they learn in a, in a stressful environment when you're in a situation where you're kind of being, you know, you're kind of being pushed because we've got a line of people to the door and we've got a situation happening or a problem, problem happening and I need to be able to adjust real time, you know, in the middle of that situation and maybe do something differently and, and at the same time not get upset or frustrated with a guest who, who you know, might be pushing for a particular thing to happen that, that I don't feel like can happen at that exact moment. Uh, it, it teaches you a lot of, uh, of, of self-control. It teaches you a lot of discipline and, and how we can stay focused on, on the bigger picture. And so... I don't know uh, for me that I would have learned that in in just another in environment. I, I love the fast-paced environment of the restaurant business. I, I thrive on the energy of, of those meal periods, you know, lunch and dinner when you're just cranking, you're doing everything that you can. And it's just, uh, it's such an inspiring thing to see a team that is well-trained, working in sync and and producing something that, that really is fantastic. It's 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 awesome to see something go from an idea that gets put on paper that becomes a vibrant part of a community where where you know families gather for birthday parties and graduation parties and couples get together for for dinners and 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 the ladies in town meet there and the business people in town meet there it's just it's cool to see it it a, a restaurant become kind of a gathering place and become part of the fabric of a community. It really, uh, it's, it's exciting. Sure. Well, and nowadays where you're not, you know, in the store, you know, helping the college kids get, get the, the food out, the you know, out to the people and you're, you're basically, you know, overseeing this across many States. What, what's your day-to-day life like now, you know, as you're, have this many franchisees, this many locations. What does that involve now? Well, it uh, it's interesting because I still do try and do that because it, it's very easy uh, to lose touch. Uh, one of the another phrase that I learned from my father in lies is beware of boardroom decisions. And a boardroom decision is one that sounds fantastic around a board table, um, horrible in practice. You know, in in the absolute. In, in the in the real world, you know, of of somebody having to execute it, and so I still do try and spend. You know, I, I was two days out, as I mentioned, in, in Minnesota for that opening. It, it 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 it's very good for me because I feel like I can continue to to provide and 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 uh, the leadership that I need to be able to provide to our teams and to franchisees and 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 all of that. And so, 
when you ask day to day right now, um, you know, my uh, my day to day has has consisted this day today has consisted of a, a meeting with a, a potential franchisee uh, on a monthly basis. We have a discovery day where we'll bring in the, the groups of, of potential franchisees. This happened to be one who was in town and just had a little bit of time today and wanted to get an hour with me. Turned out that he's a he's a Sonic franchisee back in Nashville, but he grew up in Springville, Utah, just down the street, and happened to know and went to high school with our director of operations, and and so I met with him for an hour. Uh, I uh, I also had two calls with with franchisees in two different marketing in in two different areas today, two different states, and we discussed marketing ideas that that truthfully I wouldn't have been able to discuss with the same level of of knowledge and experience had I not been in stores and, and been working on and seeing those things come to fruition in the same way. Uh, had a couple meetings today with, uh, with different team member, members, different department heads. And so uh, I, uh, my, my, my day d- definitely consists of uh, a, a lot of problem solving, which anybody in a leadership role is going to have to do. Um, we, we thrive on things like that. You know, some people uh, will look at that and say, wow, I, I, uh, I, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is, I think as, as, as you continue to lead in any organization, um, you need to become good at it, at, at solving problems and, and help people stay focused on the vision of who we want to be and, and the path that we're going down. It can become easy to get derailed in, um, in kind of the flood of, of the whirlwind of things that will happen to you in running any level of business. We can get totally um, trapped in, in emails and phone calls and all those kind of things. And it, it, it becomes easy to lose focus on, you know, ultimately where is it that I want to go? And, and I think for any high achiever and, and anybody who, who looks to excel, we have to be able to stay focused on, our vision and uh, and the mission of, of who we are and, and what we want to be and so that I think from a leadership standpoint is is an important uh, really the key thing for you know for for any leader to stay focused on yeah, that's great um, I know we're kind of closing in on the end of part one of the episode or episode one here um, part one of the interview before we go though you know you and I uh, are both in the corporate alliance and the CEO club, the, the C4 group, you're such a busy guy. Why do you, what is it about a group like that? That's worth your time. Why are you part of corporate alliances C4 group? Well, I think, uh, we were probably one of the earliest we've been members for a long, long time. And, um, and I, I know that sometimes my, my neighbor actually, uh, is, is one who, kind of interfaces with, with me and invites me to, to all of the things. And she probably gets frustrated time to time because I, I, I don't always make as much time as I should. And every time I do make the time, I think I'm going to be better about that next time because the value of what I get there, I, I think it's really easy in our lives just to get siloed. And we only know what we know and what our close circle of people that we work with know. When we take the opportunity to to, to take ourselves out of that situation and put ourselves at a table with five or six people who have the same type of experiences with you, but in entirely different markets and entirely different industries. And now you hear people who are overcoming 
challenges and, and, and issues that they're dealing with, but in an entirely different market, the ideas that come uh, as a result of that, the, 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 the brainstorming that has come as a result of things that I have learned in some of those sessions, honestly, has been really, really phenomenal. Uh, just had one the other day where, where five or six uh, local business owners came in and, and we, we, we had a couple different questions that we posed to them. And when I first saw the list of, of those that were coming, I thought, man, are they really going to be able to give me tremendous value for the restaurant space? You know, get kind of getting caught in that same trap of what I, what I know in my own space. Uh, what we took from that was, was so beneficial. I, it, uh, it took a couple hours to, to put the thing together, but those couple of hours saved weeks and months of time and, and countless dollars in, in roads that we may have gone down that we changed as a result of, of a meeting like that. So that's why I think uh, it, it gets back to that, that kind of thought of spend some time working on your business and not just all of your time working in your business. It's really easy for us to get caught up working in our business. Those, uh, those experiences and, and networking sessions with, uh, with Corporate Alliance really give us the opportunity to work on our business and focus uh, in, in an entirely different way than we do just from a, a, an office environment every day. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree. You know, our, our consulting firm, Mylan Advisors, I, I show up and I'm thinking, I don't know if there's anybody else here who's doing the type of work we're doing. And then like, you know, Jim Bennett from now CFO will have like the most perfect advice for how to handle clients and what kind of a system we should be looking at as we grow. And uh, it's just perfect. Right. Well, listen, this has been great. Let's, let's uh, cut part one of the show off here. Everybody, please uh, tune into next episode. We're going to keep asking Dave uh, questions of what it's like to be president CEO at Costa Vida. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks.
Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.